0: Which you knew caused us to abandon the side of the Salutation shades and welcome back to your one stop shop for all things strange and unusual. Talking with shadows, the conversation everyone has but no one wants to admit to. Here with your hosts Vic Whaley and
1: Marcus D. And welcome back to our second episode where you can now see us on camera waving at everybody. <laughs> and again, I apologize. <laughs> after all the years of people wondering what one candle society looks like, what Mark and Vic looks like, it is uh, this is it. <laughs> so oh so sorry for you guys so we want to give a big shout out to everybody who's been with us up until we finally started being on video 2023 was the year uh that we finally started doing it so thank you guys so much
0: and for those of you who are patrons and uh you can see us you can see that we've done some work on the bar for those of you at home that uh don't pay for the patreon basically we're just sitting here at a bar having a chat yes So, but it looks, but it's nicer.
1: But also, you know, as you can see, uh, we're getting a little bit more professional. We're finally, we're finally starting to clean up our, clean up our act. All it finally took was people to be able to see us, to be able to see like the wild savage animals that we are. (laughs) So uh, if you did not check out our our last episode, uh, Moth Mama Wants No Drama, we had somebody (laughs) that came in that actually gave an account of their own sighting of the world's most famous cryptid, the Moth Band.
0: Is it well? I Isn't mean, the Mothman I, the most famous now. Well,
1: it's my well. It's, I guess it's tied with Bigfoot. I guess, but yeah,
0: I think so. I think it's overtaking Bigfoot slowly. But I'd know. be surprised if Mothman's yet to dethrone the king.
1: Like, what do you got? Uh, like, put that in the comments below. Do you guys think that Mothman is like the number one cryptid? Do you think it's Bigfoot? Do we see? Do we need to have like a battle royale to maybe figure Nessie? Out which, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I guess Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, I guess that's that's an, that's another one. that's most famous. less touristy though. Less tourist, less, less you know. Def- Mothman is very less touristy than uh, than, uh, than I guess than the Loch Ness monster, uh, as far as that. But um, if you didn't check out our list, up definitely go check out that episode. We <laughs> we had the we had an eyewitness come in, code name Mothman, to tell her account. It was really really super cool. Oh, yeah. to hear about that because many times when you you know when you when you hear stories about the Mothman, you only think about places like you know Point uh, you only think about Point Pleasant, Chernobyl. If you're really into it. Dive deeper, stories of 9-11, Fukushima disaster. So uh, it's really interesting interesting to see something right here in the Midwest, uh, have uh, somebody seeing an account of the Mothman. So uh, I got two comments that we're going to read from that from last episode. From uh, D. (laughs) I got to get my context updated. Dino Benton said, so Mothman persists, but doesn't Mothman show up before disaster? Looks at the last three years. Never mind. Makes <laughs> sense that it showed up.
0: Yeah, I'm a little surprised after the last few years, Mothman hasn't been sighted over every town. Well, it's, for, for, I think at this point, it might be the, like, the Moth is probably getting
1: tired. Be like, oh, oh, you guys got to get your act <laughs> together. does really be in so many places at once. Like, he's tired of our crap. Uh, Sarah S., original patron, by the way. Shout out to you, Sarah. Says... She, was to, uh, she made a comment about the game that we went over called Curvy Cryptids that we discussed. Oh, that we really? Discussed, yes, in the Pillow Talk segment of our podcast, which was this really cool, like, fifth edition D&D campaign, like, side adventure thing. Where you well, dis- you, ba- you basically simp on cryptids. Yeah, you're, you're essentially <laughs> sent by this weird cryptid Professor Oak to take photos of cryptids. Uh, and, but they're all sexy. Yeah, they're all sexy. That's the reason why you, you actually <laughs> can't get photographs of them, is they're all super divas, and you have to, like, appeal to their diva nature to convince them to let you take photos. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's it's hilarious. We got a link to it on our Patreon, by the way, if you want to go check it out. <laughs> Sarah said, That game sounds fantastic. If y'all want to play it rather than run it sometime, I have no doubt I can get my wife to run it for you. Either way, we definitely pick up a copy. Love Moth Mama's story. Ooh. That would be so fun oh so like stream an episode of us actually like playing this game that's I, a hot maybe yeah. that's a hot maybe yeah <laughs> i make a deal we'll, we'll we'll stream an episode of us playing this game i will because we have all the stuff that we that we need to be able to do that yeah uh, if this video gets let's say over 25 likes sure if video gets over 25 that's well, a low bar you get over 25 likes well we'll put that we'll put that up for everybody to see so <laughs> You just uh, want to guarantee it happens. Yes, <laughs> yes, because it's awesome and it's so it's so cool. So, uh, and so, what are we going to be drinking today for today's episode? Because I we have got a very juicy episode. Probably going to be a two-parter episode that we're going to be doing today.
0: Okay, I've been stingy lately and I have another bottle of homemade mead. I think we might have had it on here before. I don't remember. What 12 labors. 12, lab- 12 labors. It's a pear mead that came out really dry. Oh, that's the dry <laughs> one. It is. That's it's the, the, the dry bad one. one. I, I only have one other bottle of like that one I fermented off candy and Ellie would kill me if we
1: gave that I'm up. just... Like there's like two of them. That are like, there's like a watermelon one, wasn't there? Or was the no? Was no, that's the one that
0: no, the watermelon one's made out of candy, and we literally drink yeah. all of the other one in one night. Yeah, we it was we we were celebrating we it was ce- yeah we were celebrating Ellie's birthday,
1: and, and we got <laughs> we got pretty drunk off uh, off mead. We we had a lot of people over here. We, we went
0: through like I don't know six <laughs> bottles of mead in one night.
1: No, the plan the plan was that I was going to drive home, and I think we drank so much, my wife drove home
0: instead. Oh, that's good. That's good that your dry. Pear. Was it's not. It, it's pear? not bad for a dry. It's not bad for a dry. It's just dry is not really my thing. Ooh. I was hoping for it to come out as a sweet, but this is one of my earlier meats. so like saying, I wasn't that experienced. I'm not saying that it doesn't taste good.
1: What I'm saying is, it, it just it has a slight smell to it of like when you first smell rubbing alcohol.
0: Well, yes, my me's are very strong. They're yeah. like 40 proof. You know,
1: it's like when you're like, oh, it's like, a, it's like that first whiff. Oh, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Oh, yeah, cheers. cheers. Oh, I drank
0: before cheers. <laughs> I can't believe I did that.
1: Mm. Oh, man. So if you're following us on um, social media, you know, re- uh, recently within the last year, me and Vic took a trip. I think it was in November. It was in November October. We took a trip out to uh, Virginia for the Bigfoot convention that was out there, which was super awesome. Shout out to Danny Benoit, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. And on our way back, we stopped in Point Pleasant. And the Flatwoods Monster Museum. And the Flatwoods Monster Museum. I will say, though, that while the Flatwoods Monster Museum was cool.
0: It wasn't cool. anything compared to the Yeah, modern. yeah. The well, Monty Museum. It, it was, was way better. If you get a chance, go. Just, just, just do it. Way better. I got to see John Kill's typewriter his yeah. suit. They let me put it on and prance yeah. around the museum for. Okay, they didn't. Do, they yeah. didn't let me do that last they time, but like, I wanted to. The, yeah, they have an incredible gift shop that you can get a whole
1: bunch of like really cool merchandise where you're out there. They have a ton of memorabilia and, and stuff that you can see from the museum from um, from the from the not, not only the Mothman Prophecies movie, but as, mm-hmm. but as well as the point uh, the the Silver Bridge disaster. Um, to watch that. so it's really it's really, really worth, worth a trip if you're wanting to, to take a trip out there. It's like the mecca for paranormal investigators. So uh, we thought for today's episode, what we would do is we would dive a little bit into the timeline of the Mothman sightings.
0: Okay, I was originally planning on wanting to do this as one video, but then once I started making my my bullet points, it's <laughs> it's gonna have to be two. So today, we're going to just be covering the events of November before the Silver City Bridge collapse. Because, truthfully, there was a lot of strange things going on at this time period. And ne- next week, we'll cover, like, the days leading up to the event. Sure. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. First event in November. So and we're going to start off real early. November 2nd, 1966. Across the river from Point Pleasant in the town of Newwell, Mm -hmm. um, strange lights started appearing in the sky. It was reported by several people in the town, but no one could quite figure out exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. So there were just kind of, these mysterious lights just had suddenly appeared. They didn't last real long, though. It wasn't like a full-on flap. Well, this is one of the things that
1: people often don't really talk about, like in the paranormal community, is there is a lot of weird, like, Um, overlapping paranormal phenomenon that goes along with a lot of different paranormal, with a lot of different paranormal phenomenons. And I think that's why it's really good to take this like healing approach. And so you'll, you'll see this is like, if you look at it, there was more than just mothman sightings going on leading up to this.
0: Okay. Next day, November 3rd, um, in the town of Salem, West Virginia, about 60 miles south of Point Pleasant, Mm -hmm. uh, there were reports of these strange noises and vibrations. I couldn't get a super clear detail of what this is, but it sounded like it's very similar to, you know, the hum that's Mm -hmm. been talked about over the last few years, Mm -hmm. that strange, like that sense that something's moving and then that Mm -hmm. sort of sound, Mm -hmm. those started popping up for about a day.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah.
0: So that's 60 miles south.
1: I didn't know they went that far back. Um, like, 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 that sounds like, oh, that go, that go, That's pretty cool.
0: Kill's kind of amazing at finding this. It's kind of like how he just randomly drops a flannel man right. <laughs> in one of his books right. years before anyone else talks about it. <laughs> I wish he would give more details. Okay, next thing: November six, a strange bird-like creature with a large wingspan was seen in the skies over the town of Clindell, West Virginia, about 80 miles southeast of Point Pleasant. This is kind of the first time in this timeline we're going over, we're seeing something that could possibly be the Mothman. Mm-hmm. But looking into the descriptions, I know Mothman sometimes described more like a bird... If, if this is the Mothman, it would be that sort of thing. The descriptions I got were very birdish.
1: Well, I mean, you see those giant wing esque things. What yeah. are you
0: going to describe? I mean, it's often
1: when people try to write the Mothman away, they try to write it off just as the giant, uh, what was it, the horse? The, the bulls- sandhill crane. crane. That's what. It, I don't know why I was going for the sandbill. Yeah, yeah, sandhill
0: crane is what is what they try to describe it,
1: or the great horn owl or whatever. But. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: everything gets blamed on the great horn owl. Yeah. Okay. November 9th. A woman named Mary Heyer, Mm -hmm. who worked as a reporter for the Athens Messenger newspaper, received a strange phone call from a man identifying himself as Mr. UFO. (laughs) The man claimed to have known about the recent strange bird sightings in the area. Um, I believe also this is, don't quote me on this, I think this is the same reporter that later on has Mm -hmm. the encounter with the man in black. Yeah, she does which I almost wonder with the very goofy name of Mr. UFO and the very strange behavior there. Full
1: context here. Okay, we're talking like 1960s. This is very prominent, like, UFO in the culture type type thing. I don't think it's – now, don't get me wrong. I think that's still weird if someone calls themselves Mr. UFO. <laughs> But it's, yeah. it's probably, I mean, people are using the word, but I just still, if somebody called me, call me Mr. UFO, I still, I would probably still be creeped out in 2023. Just
0: I mean, Bigfoot be, was also fair. really commonly talked about in this time period, but someone showing up and going, hello, I'm Mr. Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm going to be like, that's weird. That that's weird, man. That is weird, but this is also like
1: the 1960s in which you're seeing UFO movies and a crap ton of books and other stuff media coming out. But again,
0: it's still very weird. That's, that's for someone calling to say stuff like that. This next one, you're probably going to recognize November 12th, mm-hmm. two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallette, a mm-hmm. uh, encounter, uh, encountering a strange creature with red glowing eyes near the abandoned TNT the plant, plant outside point pleasant. The encounter is often considered to be the first sighting of Mothman. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the details of this one?
1: That was the one, did it land on the hood of their car Um, or no, or the front of, or the front or the the front of the road?
0: Like it it was like, they had seen a dead dog in the area and someone had recently reported something, um, taking his dog. Right. And then like this thing came blazing down the road road. chasing after them and they couldn't outpace it in the car. I don't believe it actually landed. I think they said that they heard it scraping on the roof. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I could be I could be incorrect, but I don't think they were I, I had to consume a lot of information <laughs> for this episode, so everything's kinda jumbled around.
1: Well it is. Well again, well if you if you look into a lot of accounts of the Mothman, this is where it starts. But a lot of times I think if you're being a really good paranormal investigator, you have to go like what Keel does in this particular incident, you have to go back to or really any investigator, what they're gonna do is they're gonna go back to stuff leading up to the events. Of that particular day. And even when we were in, I don't even think in the Point Plus Museum, I don't really think a lot of those earlier stuffs was even
0: referenced when we were actually at the museum, if I do, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, the lights were mentioned. I don't remember the other ones. Yeah, and that's actually why I wanted to do this episode. Reading John Kill's Mothman prophecies mm-hmm. has been, like, a really interesting trip for me. Although sure. I've read a lot of Kill's work. This is my first time reading this one, at least in a long time. I might have read a long time ago and then sure. just forgot everything. But, um... Like, there's really a lot going on. And I'd never seen someone really sit down in analyzing chronological order of the events that are going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's interesting that there was this strange bird-like creature mm-hmm. not that far spotted from Point Pleasant only, like, a few days before the first major Mothman encounter. I, th- I think that's interesting. I don't know the relevance of the hum, but... I feel like there's likely a connection there. Do you know if these events were reported prior
1: to Keel showing up, um, or after, the, like, or or leading up to some of those original these- Mothman stories, like at the TNT building?
0: it's it's hard to say because there's a lot of different accounts on here they come from right. a lot of different areas some of them are going to be reported beforehand some of them are going to be reported after, um, after. i have the dates on my notes on when they occurred but i didn't include the dates of when which they isn't reported. weird
1: because a lot of times some people don't know something is strange until other things start happening oh yeah no it it, it triggers you that know, sort of thing like if i you know if i hear a weird hum outside all of us, you know, a strange hum outside or weird lights. I'm not going to call cops. Like, I'm just not going to do that. Now, if there's some sort of weird creature that's spotted three days later, I might say something after the fact. Because this might be, this is kind of weird. Yeah, this you might hear be kind a, of
0: connected. You hear a weird sound. You feel a vibration. You might just note it to yourself. And right. you might not say anything until you hear other people talking about it. Yeah. So, so far, what we have is near the town of Point Pleasant, we have some weird lights popping up. Mm-hmm. A town a bit far off. You have the weird Hum you have uh, some strange bird-like creatures being spotted, Mm -hmm. and we have the first account of the Mothman. Mm -hmm. They seem like disparate things just occurring within a strangely clustered period of time. What's your thought so far?
1: I think... Leading up to it. If you... Okay. If you believe that the Mothman is like an interdimensional being... If you, compare, if you can compare that, like, when you listen to people that describe those sorts of weird, I don't know, humanoid entities that they talk about, a weird humming sensation, a clicking sensation, a vibrate, a vibrating sound like that has often been described before when people have been important. Like, also, goat, I think ghost
0: hunters also describe the same sort of type of phenomenon as well. But I know. didn't put it in this list because, if I remember right, it occurred just outside of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. But around the same time, there was also a sighting of creatures that looked like terror birds. <laughs>
1: really? That, yeah, that's yeah. Interesting.
0: Like, the only real thing that threw me off from the description of terror birds, because one of the things he said is, like, they were big. They were really mm-hmm. big. And the wings looked too small to fly. Mm-hmm. But he did describe them as having a crane-like um, a crane like bill. Sure. Um, and not too far off from the description of the Sandhill Crane, if you made them huge. <laughs> like, the way you describe them, they, they were very big. Right. Okay, let's see. Where do we leave off? Okay, no- November 17th. A woman named uh, Michelle Barrett reports an encounter with a mothman near her home in the town of Salem, West Virginia. Um, this is the one where she saw it, like, just outside the home. She came out, and at first she thought it was, like, a prop or something, mm-hmm. because it was just staying there super still. Uh, and she thought someone was messing with her at first until, well, it moved. <laughs> If I remember right, there were also some reports of um, the strange burning in trees and things like that in this area too. Do you, <clears> I'm going to throw
1: something out there because I'm gonna talk, I want I want to bring this I want to bring this idea up to you about possibly some of these other sightings. Yeah, because right now, right now at the time, you have these like what young young teenage you know, teenagers that are driving and reported seeing it the first time, and now it's being spread that people are have sighted something like this. Have you ever thought that maybe that it might have been teenagers goofing off trying to
0: dress up just to scare people in the area for something like that? I think some of the cases it's possible, like, say, this one. Um, now this is only a few days. Let me check w- how close this is to the first month. Because I mean, this one occurred on the 17th. Mm-hmm. When was the, f- let's see, reports of a bird like creature, witnesses report in the town of Point. Uh, well, what's considered to be the first encounter of the Mothman was on the fifteenth. So that's right. only two days that you can really get together a, that's a good costume. And that's a good I counterpoint. Yeah, I kind of feel like putting together um, a costume that's going to convince mm-hmm. someone at a short distance. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's kind of a stretch. True. Let's see. playing
1: devil's advocate for the moment.
0: Oh no, that, that's, that's a good question, but it also doesn't address the initial encounter. No, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm at that particular encounter.
1: I'm at the uh, fo- Yeah, no, possibly. after the first is what I was saying. I was, I was talking about the second encounter and people are trying to report more sightings of it.
0: Oh yeah. OK. November 18th, Point Pleasant uh, registered newspaper publishes the story of the Mothman sighting beginning are bringing the creature to national attention. Mm -hmm. So this is where the story, up to this point, it it is circulating around the community. People Mm -hmm. had heard of it, but it wasn't really that big of a story. And it definitely didn't reach really outside the area of Point Pleasant. It goes from, hey, did you hear about that weird thing to people now in nearby towns are talking about it. Sure. November 20th. The Mothman was reportedly seen near the town of Madison, West Virginia, about 20 miles southeast of Point Pleasant. This is something that I was hoping to talk to you about here. We have a diversion from the original area. Mm -hmm. What do you think that might mean? Like where it's not where it normally was before? About 20 miles away, I mean... If we're thinking about it as a biological entity, that's a big investment for a flying creature to do to use. That's mm-hmm. a lot of caloric energy. If we're thinking about it as like a less biological in- or entity uh, who knows? Maybe it was super easy for it <laughs> <laughs> to get that. Well, I mean, if you have something that
1: can fly, I mean, I don't think twenty miles is going to be.
0: Uh, it takes a lot of calories to keep a creature at lift in flying for a long distance, and it I might mean, be consuming by gliding. I mean, but...
1: assuming that it's a bi- I mean, assuming that it's a biological entity, but you don't see a whole lot of encounters of. Like, do you see a lot of like cow mutilation stories involved? Like around this
0: time, I don't believe so. No, no, you don't see any. You know, there's no. Instances. There are animal mutilations no. in this area, but I don't. I don't recall them being cows. It's mainly dogs. Right. right. And so like, you know
1: Assuming that it's an assuming that it's a natural like a natural entity, then you would think that you would that you would be seeing stuff like that. That
0: like, might be why. I I think that it's almost impossible to describe the Mothman as a natural entity. Just because he breaks too many laws of physics. Like, being able to just vertically take off like that, the wingspan too small. It's not like this is the first time we've discussed it on the channel. It's just nothing that the Mothman does seems like it would be achievable through normal natural laws. Yet, there's consistent reports of him being able to do this. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, was, I was because I was trying to look something up because because you're talking about it being like 20 miles away from the I don't think that it's that unusual, though, if it's a biological entity if it's making a territory, because even eagles can have up to fifteen square, oh, yeah, can have fifteen square miles, and now you're talking about something that's slightly bigger than the average person. The bigger you are, the bigger a territory is going to be. So I don't think I don't think it's really that far.
0: True, but more of a caloric uh, value intake for the bigger creature too. Well, Mothman is generally described as being like three hundred pounds. Keeping that at lift for twenty miles. Is the like application, said, it's, ma- is it's the application gonna... ma-
1: I mean, we're we're in the mid, we're in the like, eastern Midwest. I, I mean, it's, I mean. There's a lot for it to eat out there in those
0: particular areas. I mean, maybe that just happens to be in his hunting range or something, but it just seems like a very interesting bit of outlier data. Sure. I mean, unless again, also keeping in mind,
1: again at the time we're talking about, like you know, newspaper integrity. You know, being you know, being what being what it is, you know, they're trying to sell as many copies as they can. If you just have somebody that's just
0: putting this out there, which <laughs> uh, is Mason, not I think I said Mason, but I meant Mason. Mason's like, we need our own Mothman. <laughs> well, again, if you, I mean, if you want to sell, I mean, if you want to
1: sell copies, what's going to sell more than monster sighted in the area?
0: I mean, you know? fair enough, fair enough.
1: I mean. I don't think it's that unusual that they. I mean, because there's other like faux hoaxes that people have drawn up. Oh no,
0: I, I don't think that this one's outside the realm of possibility. No. I'm not. I'm not willing to say. Let's just look at it through that lens until yeah. I feel like I have a reason we need to. Well, but I don't but, think. Like, we do. I don't think it's impossible. No, but I don't think we even need to because I don't think it's
1: that far, as far as like just the area that it that it would be in if it was in that area. Oh
0: no, like I I I'm not trying to make the point of. I think that this is such an outlier that it couldn't be part of it. I'm more of trying to think of what does this mean for the greater phenomena because this is going to be a trend here and there. Sure, sure. Bringing us to the next one, which, well, you'll see has certain similarities. Uh, (laughs) November 21st, a woman named Connie Carpenter Mm -hmm. reported encountering the Mothman near her home in the town of New Haven, West Virginia, about 20 miles north of Point Pleasant. So in the course of one day, it's gone from 20 miles southeast of Point Pleasant to 20 miles north of Point Pleasant. A 40-mile change, bring yeah. it kind of right back over the area of Point Pleasant and then beyond it again. Wow. Um, I feel like something has to be going on here, but I can't see the pattern. Like, maybe it nests in Point Pleasant, and it has a roughly 20-mile territory. No, that's, that's more than that. I mean, it would – I mean, you're t- – well, the, 20 miles from a central point, I mean.
1: Yeah, so, well, well, that would be even be 40 miles. Like, yeah, if going, if yeah. you have the central point yeah. of Point
0: Pleasant, it'd be 20 miles south and 20 miles north, so it'd be 20 miles from a central point. It could be more. Later stories might even reveal it to be more. But, like, okay, you're going from southeast now to north in the course of one day in like it feels like this wouldn't be just hunting to haul that far of a distance. Like the thing is, is though, like,
1: we don't even know because there's there's no bird that I think that's that size, that's that big,
0: that na- say... that that
1: that's three hundred something pounds that naturally that that exists that we know of that we can even reference if it like its territory.
0: Dark Phoenix might rake me for this one. Oh. Because Dark Phoenix knows biology really well. But I want to say the largest bird is something in the condor family. Mm. I want to say in North America, it's the American condor. And I want to say, like, it's weights in the 200s. But I might be wrong on that. Bird weight is kind of hard to, like, guess at. (laughs) But, like, that would probably be the nearest equivalency I can think of. I think there are bigger condors out there. But I think this is the biggest one in North America. I see you, I see you Googling over there. No, you find anything?
1: I, well, to be fair, I didn't realize that I was going to need to know the size of
0: I'm more curious t- about the weight. What's oh, the, the ta- weight? Oh, the ter- of, the- oh, California condor. That, that That's it. Yeah. What, what's the weight on those? Let's look let's it up. Okay, we're <laughs> now checking on the weight of a California condor. What you got? Nothing.
1: Okay. Slow down there, sir.
0: Okay, okay, I'll give I'll give you a chance to Google. Um I mean A California Condor. What that says twenty to twenty. No, to no pounds. that cannot be that cannot be correct. Really? Yeah. Really? You thought they were two hundred pounds. I, I just apparently I added wow. a zero wait, aren't
1: they like really big? Am wait, I confused? What a fat shame a bird.
0: <laughs> I thought they were bigger. Aren't this they like says really they get up to, large? This says they get up to thirty pounds. Oh, okay. Okay. I will, I will walk it back. (laughs) I thought that they were bigger than that. I, 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 I apologize for my lack of bird knowledge. I am not a, what would it be? An ornithologist, (laughs) (laughs) but I had really thought that they were more, maybe this isn't the condor I was thinking of, or maybe I just am really bad at figuring out bird weights. But okay, yeah, you would be correct in saying there is literally nothing we can compare this to. I mean,
1: I guess ostriches, but they don't—they don't fly. Well, they don't fly. They don't, they don't, <laughs> which I mean, look like looking at that. But again, so like, just thinking of just the territory of something like something like that, we—I don't even know if we can really comprehend what its territory size might actually be. That's fair. That's fair. And so I—that's why I don't think that it's unusual. Also, what's going
0: to eat it? So why? Why? I mean, uh, what's going to fight it?
1: Other other moth people?
0: well i i don't I don't think first if it if it is something that we could put we could make analogous to the animal kingdom, this would be an apex predator yeah um I don't think there's many things that first there's there's nothing that would threaten it in the air on land, sure there are things that maybe would take a swing at something three hundred pounds, but for the most point, I think most things are just gonna you know. Leave it alone. Like I still think a crocodile would take a swipe at it if it could. Yeah, but I, I don't feel like it's going to be, well, I, I don't know the patterns of the mothman. Maybe he hangs out near edges of water really often.
1: I, I, I'm i not sure. Just just see some, just some sort of like skateboard or swamp lizard man just being like, no, a mothman better not shove down <laughs> my place. He could hang out over there in Virginia. Not in my county. This is not happening. And then all the Loveland
0: Frogmans, uh pull out their wands, wands. and cast Magic <laughs> Missile.
1: So we, we definitely can understand that the Mothman's radius in here is in between Loveland Frogman and Skateboard Swamman. Okay, swan okay, man. we have we
0: have established <laughs> a radius now. <laughs> For it. No. Oh, I was about to re- re- read one that we'd already done. November 24th, Mothman was reportedly seen uh, near the town of... Pom Pompori, Ohio, mm-hmm. just across the river from Point Pleasant. So, okay. it's gone southeast, north, and then had returned back to the basically the well, starting area. It, it, it,
1: it can cross running water. It's, it's a mothman, not, not a vampire. I'm not.
0: I'm <laughs> not trying to establish a case that he cannot cross <laughs> Wait, you running mean, water. It sound like and it, now we can tell no. it crosses water. I'm trying to establish a modus operandi for this creature. It's like, see the river? I'm going to fly across it. Because the, the movements to me <laughs> right. seem erratic. But the thing is, they're not erratic enough for me to say, this is hysteria. If it was hysteria, we'd be seeing um, sure. like a much more scattershot thing. We'd be sure. seeing it appear in multiple towns sure, at sure. once, things like that. Sure. But we're seeing it kind of in a pattern. Although, <sighs> I can't make the pattern make sense just yet. Okay. Next day after this. November 25th. A woman named Linda Scarberry, a name you might remember, reporter, uh, reported enc- uh, encountering the Mothman in her hometown near Point Pleasant. So now it's no longer across the river. It's actually back home. And now my last point for uh, this part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. November 26th, Mothman reported seeing near the town of Gallipolis, Galip- uh, <laughs> Ohio, about 15 miles north of Point Pleasant. This is just one day after it had returned to... 15, 15. So it didn't go quite as far this time. After this, everything goes dead for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we have what seems to be a territory range established. Mm -hmm. Um, At no point, as of yet, is it established going much further than around 20 miles. It seems to be also centered on a point. Like if you drew... If you, if you drew a circle and then mapped out all those points within the circle, we definitely have an intersection, right? And keep in mind, this is something that's established by interviewers on the ground before the bridge collapse. Sure. But we definitely have the facts starting to form around it. I think that
1: that tells me because of the size of the creature that. It's probably being centralized to that area because I think that if, if it was a real biological entity, its territory would probably be much bigger than what it is.
0: Well, let's, I, let's, I really do. Although I don't think this is necessarily the case. Let's talk about it as a biological entity first. It already has prime hunting grounds nearby. Sure. It has the TNT area. It's an area that has lots of wildlife. Although people report that the animals there are prone to mutation. Um, which makes sense because, you know, a lot of wartime goods were produced there. A lot of the chemicals were likely just dumped there or left there. Um, It also has, like, it's it's a nice protected area as well. And I, I think that eliminates most likely most of its need to travel for hunting because why go 20 miles south and 20 miles north in expenditure of what's going to be 60, 80 by the time you return. Eighty miles by the time you return home. When yeah. you have a prime hunting ground, already there. I mean, the only other the only other
1: reason that it's going to have a bigger territory is for boofing.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, or or maybe it's making sure other Mothmen are not entering yeah. its area. Yeah. But, for okay, those make sense from established as a biological creature. But do you think that those are accurate? In your heart of hearts, what what's your thoughts on it?
1: In my heart of hearts, do I think that? Do, in my heart of hearts, do you do think I, it's
0: boofing or defending his
1: territory? And then I no, I don't, because I think that it. I think that its territory would be bigger. I I really do. Just sheer size of it. I just that makes me feel as though that there, that if it was really just about territory, that it would be bigger than that. That's why I really think that it is about being in a generally centralized location around Point Pleasant in that particular area
0: for a reason, for some sort of reason. Here's one other thing that I think would exclude it from the biological territory, mm-hmm. at least if it's terrestrial biological. Um, if it has this wide of a range, how is it that we haven't come in with this creature many, many, many times? Because if we're taking it as a naturally existing animal, traditionally like crypto, like many people talk about Bigfoot, if it has this sort of range moving through the air and occasionally nests near cities... Mm-hmm. This is a creature that shouldn't be a anymore. This is something that we should have encountered enough times for it to be an identified creature.
1: Not necessarily. It's a very rural area. I mean, when we were out there, we were driving through some pretty, I mean, some real rural communities where we were not running into just towns of people very very often going through that
0: part of West Virginia. I don't know. Its behavior doesn't seem evasive to me. We didn't see silverbacks until 1970. Silverbacks were in a really, really non-populated area and deep that's in the jungle. Very, that's a very non-populated wait, 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 wait. area. By comparison, I mean, yeah. it's the yeah. middle of New York, though. Right. <laughs> we're, we're talking about, like, a extremely isolated right. rocky terrain. I know West Virginia is also rocky terrain.
1: Also, who says that we haven't been running into this more often? I mean, humanoid, I mean, hum, we can humanoid entities have, gone, have been popping up way before Mothman.
0: I don't know, man. It's kind of a hard sell. I feel like if this is a terrestrial animal that's been around long enough, that it's like passing down genes, reproducing, all the normal things a living thing does, if it has this sort of range, we we don't always look up, but we look up often enough that I feel like it would be spotted more often than this and we'd have a better established case in North America predating Silver City Bridge.
1: Well, unless it's just there for a particular reason and its territory is so massive and there's so few of them that they're going to travel great distances and so people's stories of encountering them are not going to be overlapping as much as, say, like in the modern day.
0: And I'm not saying it's impossible. Maybe the species as a whole is highly evasive, and right. this one is exhibiting non-typical behavior for some reason, which does happen. Social animals will sometimes exile a member of the community, right. and they'll develop odd behaviors. So, so things like that do happen. I mean, we've only had mass communication for
1: maybe I don't know 100 years. Mass communication for like 100 years ish, type you know type deal, and so. We've encountered this with other types of supernatural entities, say, like the Hopkinsville Goblins, in which you see other surrounding towns having similar names for them. Sorry, similar sightings of them, but just having different names for them, so people don't know that they're actually reported seeing the same thing.
0: And it's not like folklore has a lack of strange, dark, humanoid entities right. with wings and red glowing eyes. I'm just saying, I feel like it would be something mythological I think we would have taxonomically identified oh, it. Yeah, sure. By now, if 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 the range was this big, I mean, it's, it's just body shape. It just doesn't
1: just doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: Okay, so are we ready to go out of the out of the biological yeah, yeah, box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think with combining the biological shape and the means by which it can move with such, I think we can fairly say what we're looking at here is not a animal or at least not one that follows the laws of physics and biology as we understand it. Sure. So what do you feel is left? What do you want to talk about first? I mean, mean, the
1: fact that it's an alien, I mean, I don't think a lot of people, you know, talk, talk, you know, talk about it as such. I mean, I think people either describe it as either a natural entity or some sort of extra dimensional type entity, but strange
0: lights in the sky, weird humming sounds like first thing, first thing we see that we talked about today was the lights in the sky. Yeah. It, Popped up near where it was first sighted. I've heard the, and I hate, I. we need to come up with a better name for this theory, but the escaped alien pet theory. I don't think it's
1: an escaped alien pet.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's an escaped alien pet either. And I think, like, even the people who talk about it, I think they just do sure. so because we don't have a better name for that theory. Because yeah. I think that's a really dumb name for it. Yeah. But okay, uh, alien entity release for X reasons we do have uh accounts of UFOs dropping Bigfoots not an uncommon a, a, a weirdly not uncommon thing for people to report it, it's actually disturbingly common <laughs> well I don't think that people I don't think that
1: people realize that the Mothman story starts at the apex of UFO stories in the United States yeah. I, that is the 19th I mean literally I mean don't, don't get me wrong yeah i mean don't get me, don't get me wrong i mean like you know the mothman the moth there's been sightings Sorry, i'm important more meeting. it was no, louder than i thought been it sightings, be. <laughs> that's all right. there's been sightings of human encrypted that have gone back for a very long time you know also let's just like with ufos but again 19 the 1960s is that the height of ufo aliens and this is the beginning of the store of whenever the mothman is really going viral and in getting into the the psyche, I guess, of paranormal investigators at the time, at the beginning.
0: Okay. My first bit of pushback here. Sure. It's going to be very similar to the pushback you've heard many times whenever we talk about aliens. Sure. I'm going to relate this to them and then to Mothman as well. It's Aliens are too biologically similar to humans to be aliens. I mean, okay. (laughs) Two eyes at just the right point, two nostrils at just the right point, a mouth at just the right point, a body structure almost exactly like humans. They're smaller, but the the core body forms are there. They're too human to be alien. Sure, you could take the Star Trek theory and just kind of (laughs) say maybe we're all seated by the same force or this is the optimal form of life. But the thing is, conditions on other planets are notably different from each other. I don't think that this body form would necessarily be the optimal body form.
1: Well, again, we know that there's a lot of other planets that don't have the same type of atmosphere or, you know, uh, know, just the, the landscape, you know, you have of Earth. But also at the same time, you also notice there's all these planets. There's also no life. And so yeah. maybe if and so maybe if there is another planet that where life can exist, it's going to have to look a lot more like what Earth looks like. And if you have another planet that has the same type of I don't know atmosphere that Earth does, I don't think it's that big of a jump to believe that something with our body shape would become an apex predator like we did.
0: I mean, we why be- wouldn't
1: something be very similar?
0: We became an apex predator because of a handful of traits lined up really well: one big brain, two thumb three skin. And a lot of people underestimate the fact that skin is a huge advantage for humans because we can shed sweat, off heat yeah. so fast through sure. you know, things like sweating. Sure. D- just trust me. It was a big deal. <laughs> we, we came out with skin and the other animals would be like, what? <laughs> you could sweat. That's so cool. We wish we could do that, but we can't. So now we're going to die. But yes, it was optimal for here, but there are other forms of life that could also, if things went a little differently, could have worked out as well. But they didn't. They didn't, but that's because we only have one example of a intelligent sure. Apex creature. Yes, I know Corvids are super intelligent, Octopi are super intelligent. They're not Apex like us. They don't control the world like we do, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not counting them, although Corvids and Octopi are super cool. Well, again, so maybe... it's So true. So there may have been a
1: few other advantages that would have allowed other types of creatures to become an Apex predator. Like, I don't know, the ability to fly... The ability to be able to have a really good intuition,
0: intuition whenever bad events are about, to, ha- now that's, event that's are about an, to happen. that's an interesting idea that, like, we, we do seem to possess right. a instinct. And, like, science waffles a bit on how yeah. to talk about instinct. Some scientists will say it's something that we just simply believe we have and we don't have it. Other people will say it's inherited knowledge. Other people will say it's things that we've worked out in the subconscious, slowly bleeding over to the conscious mind. Hmm. To the best of my knowledge, the court is still out on what the heck instinct is, and it's just a poorly sure. understood factor of humanity. Um, something having a hyper advanced form of it, pretty fascinating. I'm not Blimey. even throwing things like PK out the window either, like Blimey. some sort of psychic phenomena.
1: Well, at the same again, at the same time, you also talk about like why is it avoiding, like why is it avoiding? And we've had these discussions. Well, but, before. We're threatening. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> especially. To we're, things. we're dangerous. Yeah, I mean, again, we're only twenty years, twenty years post dropping one of the worst bombs that you know, worst you know, most powerful things that prob- the universe
0: probably has ever seen is that we could tell. And Uh, we're not always the kindest when (laughs) encountering something new and unknown. Keep in mind, and not only
1: that, keep in mind, people forget this, but people who grew up in the 50s and the 60s, as we were working towards the hydrogen bomb, it was very popular within the mindset of people's times of, we should do it again. Not only should we do it again, we should make something bigger and do it. That was huge through the 1960s Duke, Nuke the world toward yeah. the superpower yeah. <laughs> this, this whole concept of we need to be nice and not do that that's kind, that was kind yeah. of a
0: minority thought back in the day that was that was not the the prevailing theory although common among um alien encounter people uh-huh. during this time period a lot of people were reporting sure. that coming from um con- the contact Sure. but and also too when we talk about like the dark
1: forest theory and that it and people talk with whether something talking about that it really actually wouldn't take that much to destroy a planet if you, like, hurled a rock fast enough at it.
0: One of my issues with the dark forest theory is, I think it's a premature statement. The issue is, we have so few examples of what how intelligent life could be. Namely, we pretty much have one and then kind of some clues from a few other animals. We have to basically project ourselves onto whatever might be out there. Sure, it's the best working plan we have, now but maybe intelligent life could take on like yeah we're organically based so we assume all life would have to be organically based i couldn't imagine how a non-organic life form would exist but i'm not going to say it couldn't be a thing as well no but we we
1: assume that a, we assume that an alien entity that got here from another planet is probably going to have a couple understandings of things like Things can need to move quickly, <laughs> like for propulsion. So it's going to know that if you move something fast enough,
0: it's going to have enough force to destroy a planet. Not necessarily. It could do it purely off instinct. Oh, that it were just, uh, well, to we, be fair. We, I mean, yeah. we, we became apex through conscious thought. Yeah. But a eusocial creature could have been where only a few would have conscious thought. Sure. Or a non-intelligent creature like a fungus that has just evolved and adapted through whatever means would create a creature that could perhaps launch spores into space.
1: Yeah, but I don't think, I don't, well, we're talking about the Mothman for probably what's more okay, likely okay, of okay, why that, it's avoiding. That's, avoided. that's I'm fair, absurd, but I'm Mothman back still, to that. it
0: looks too human to be unconnected. Right. It is, sure, it, it has its outlier aspects. It's somewhere between a bird and a human and... I don't know. I have a hard time kind of believing that this isn't something that that ties it right. in with us. So Excuse
1: me. okay. So then again, so both okay. So one thing I will say because we're really, we're leading up to by the time when we're about to go into the pillow talk. One thing that I think that I think that we've established across all prevailing theories, whether it's a biological entity, it's going to be an interdimensional entity, or it's going to be an alien. Probably has a reason for being where it's at.
0: Yeah, and I think so, too. And I think in some of the movements, there's a clear yes. trend starting to form. That it's yeah that and, it's not an erratic movement and yeah. it's not random. And I guess we'll get into that after we talk about the events of December sure. next episode. So
1: I want your guys' thoughts in uh, on the Mothman below for what we've talked about so far. Do you think that with where
0: the Mothman was
1: sighted, do you think that that means that it's, it was likely there? Do you think that it's going to be there by happenstance? Do you think there's a reason? What reason do you think that is? Do you guys have a prevailing theory so far? As to
0: Here's what I want to know. Oh. How many of you also thought the California condor was more than 35 freaking pounds? I swear that's like the size of a turkey. Feathers don't weigh that much. I still feel, I still feel like it. It's I, have been, and I have been feather. robbed. <laughs> the internet is. Re- reality is wrong. Tiny head. Tiny head. I still can't believe I was off by
1: that do, much, man. Do you? Do, you, do, you, do you, do you, were you guys also surprised yeah, about the condor size? How much do you think that? How much do you guys think that Vic was wrong for fat shaming the uh, the, the California condor? I say we
0: all get together and lobby science to change the weight <laughs> to be more accurate with what I assumed. Yeah, we're going along with humans having being you know, once again
1: very bad at, at describing size <laughs> and shapes of things and barely weight. Yes, and weight. Um, do you think that it's an alien an interdimensional entity? Do you think it's a biological entity? Um, let us know in that below. Before on uh, our next episode, we're going to get specifically into uh, the collapse of the bridge and the events leading mm-hmm. in the events after that. Um, the patrons
0: are not going to let me hear the end of this. for no, a nor take. nor should <laughs> nor should they. Fat <laughs> shame in the
1: California condor. That might have been that could have been our national bird. No, I kind of wish the were. turkey was. I like the turkey. Yeah, I, ate, I like. Dude, you realize how like like how metal that is if we ate. Our national bird.
0: Also, they're uppity and belligerent yeah. like us. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> but, but, but let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Again, if you guys listen to this somewhere, like, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you guys can stay up to date when we put out new content. Let us know what you guys think about the video if you guys can watch us on the video. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to slide into the Pillow Talk segment of this podcast. If you want to check out the rest of this awesome podcast, head on over to our Patreon and sign up for as little as a dollar a month to get the rest of these awesome podcasts, as well as bonus content that we put up exclusively for our, for our patrons. And thank you for joining our um, our our Pillow Talk today as we begin the first ever uh, support group for Fat Shamed Birds.
0: <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with this. I'm like, first time What?
1: Yes, uh, you know, so G- give, give
0: them a little bit of a clue on what we're talking about today yeah, because so, I think this is a really So neat this one. was
1: so this was really neat. And so one night when I really could not we're gonna uh, we're bringing them back an old actually probably the OG. It, it is, it was our first topic. Our OG topic. Uh we're gonna be talking about the Hat Man today. And I really wanted to do this because I, I discovered that there was this whole new thing about the Hat Man that it started with the last four years.